Abstract with Clark and Alyssa. I see the studio cat found us. Studio cat jumped up right on cue, right as the theme song started. How does she know, like, the exact least convenient moment for her to be on this table? Uh, I think in this case it wasn't the least convenient. It was, it's my cue. I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> Play me on. <laughs> Play us out, keyboard cat. Word struck kitty. Word struck kitty. It was a rock lobster. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing, Alyssa? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing so well. We are almost done with this book. I'm really getting to the good stuff. Uh, I have all sorts of theories about these chapters. Oh my gosh, there are so many questions raised and so few answers. I cannot wait it's great. to hear from you. We're getting really close. I realized I counted. There mm-hmm. are like, with this episode, there are six episodes left. Seriously? The book. We have Whoa. five left to record after this one. And then a movie. And then a movie. All right. I'm excited. I like the movie. This is a long season, but it's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. For those of you tuning into the middle of a chronological order podcast, don't do that. Go back to at least the beginning the, of this the be- season. The beginning's fun. The beginning's fun. We would recommend it. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> or just start with, you know, a, a book three or book two or the- Or book four, even. Or book the begin- four. The beginning of the season's fun. Why not? Anyway, we're talking about chapters 24 and 25. We're going to talk about Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter Scoop, in fact. Scoop. And I heard you have a lot to say about this. So let's get, so much. Let's well, get of course, right into it. <laughs> it's a journalist in this book, so I have a lot to say. Yes. I'm Alyssa sorry. is trained as a journalist and works as an editor. I'm so. sorry. Yep. So uh, let's in, get into it. <laughs> in this chapter, the world learns from Rita Skeeter that Hagrid is a half giant. And Hagrid doesn't show up for work after that article publishes. The trio learns from Ludo Bagman that Barty Crouch is sick. And Dumbledore and the trio encourage Hagrid to come back to work. That's wow. the most boiled down version. Oh, I feel like even more happens than that. Yeah, yeah. A lot more. That's pretty boiled down. Uh, so we start off with just a simple Harry Potter chapter set up of like, it's the slow time of the year. It's the day after Christmas, otherwise known as Boxing Day. Hey, Clark, do you know what Boxing Day is? The day after Christmas. Do you know what it is, though? No clue. I totally looked it up because I've never known and I've always known the day after Christmas is Boxing Boxing Day. Okay, here's what the internet told me. Yes. It is essentially second Christmas for the servants. What? For the servant class. Because the servant class is expected to wait on the first class yeah. on Christmas. Christmas is not relaxing for, no. for staff. And so they get the day after Christmas off, usually are given a box of gifts and leftover food from Christmas and are oh. allowed to go home to family. And there, usually there's like a Christmas bonus in there too. And they go home to their family and have their Christmas on Boxing Day. Huh. I did not know that. The, the box is called a Christmas box. And so that made me wonder, so uh, Boxing Day is a thing in the Wizarding World. Yes. Is that house elf Christmas? Do house elves get Boxing Day off? Because uh, that, would, that would be them, right? Yeah, hopefully. But Does it talk about what he eats at all during that day? What he eats? I don't think so. Or what anybody eats during that day? I think we just get Harry like shaking the egg awkwardly. 
<laughs> like, like most of the chapter. I think that's what he does on Boxing Day. Dude, that kid is so stupid with this egg. I just want to like shake him. Like, <sighs> okay, why do you think shaking Harry about the egg would be helpful when Harry shaking the egg isn't helpful? <laughs> <laughs> it would make me feel better. <laughs> okay, I think it's. I think that's maybe why Harry does it. <laughs> I guess it makes him feel better. It's like you know what you need to do. Makes him feel better, but it doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> Not at all. But whatever. Apparently, he thinks that he has plenty of time. I just feel like it's going to take longer. I mean, even now knowing from the next chapter what what the egg has to say, I still think it's going to take longer than he expects. Um, well, at least in this chapter, he's real. He's recognizing like it's coming up. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's starting to rattle him that he hasn't done the work to figure it out. And he doesn't know how to go about it. The fact that's crazy to me is that the things that he tries are shaking it, asking it questions, and yeah. throwing it more for his own like frustration. But like, why, why? Yeah. when you are best friends with Hermione, do you not once think I'm gonna go to the library? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And why has Hermione not been like, hey Harry, library? Library. It's a good place. I don't have to help you. <laughs> I'm not going to help you, but like library. Go to the library. Maybe look up. uh, Gold eggs. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I guess. Never know. Screeching sounds. Any screeching sounds. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that, though. More in in the next chapter. Uh, But we should probably talk about Hagrid. He's a half giant. Hagrid's a half giant. We learned that last chapter, but... So does everyone else this chapter. Pretty quick. Oh, my gosh. How did Skeeter find out? Do we find out in the book, or is this a... No, I'm, I'm assuming we find out during your big villain monologue. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, it could just be that she had a source. It like, wh- could be. Like, like who, Maxine? Or any of those kids making out in the bushes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or Madame Maxime. That's That's... But I guess, yeah, if Harry heard it, like... Who's to say who else was out there? We know, I mean, Snape was out there too. I don't think Snape would do it, but. And who is he walking with? Karkaroff. Yeah, Karkaroff. Maybe. Any, like, any of those people. All those people are suspicious. I guess. I don't know. I guess I don't suspect them. I'd much more suspect, like, Malfoy in the bushes. Or is this, like, are we going to get a cutaway montage moment of Rita Skeeter, like, pouring over books on her own and being like this man there's something there's something about this man and like why does Dumbledore favor him so and I'm gonna dig deep into his past and I'm gonna look back in the records and like yeah get get the research the the journalist research montage and I have all these sources that corroborate it I don't need you that feels like too much work for Rita Skeeter to do but you never know I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe, I guess she's just evil, not lazy. Yeah, maybe she's been painted as a, a villain too too starkly. Like, yeah, I think she's much more capable than we've perhaps been led to believe. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any theories on how she got the scoop? Um, someone in the bushes. I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't really know why it matters. Uh, Does it matter? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe we never find out. Yeah. A lot of the time you read the news, you have no idea how they found the story. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we'll find out. I don't know if we need to. They never ask the question in the book. So 
Maybe mm. it's not a question that needs answered. No, they did. They oh, asked did the they? question in the book. Oh. Harry, Harry and Ron were like, how? We were oh, like, yeah. we were, we were there. We didn't see her. She wasn't there and we were listening to him and like. Which almost made it sound like she has like, like a crow that flies around and listens to people or something like that. How very I maleficent of her. <laughs> it's true though. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a, um, I don't know what that would be considered. A, a significant, what's the word? When you have a little pet thingy. Didn't you call a it a familiar? familiar? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Familiar. You're the only person I've ever heard use that. I know it's a thing, but I've like I've not <laughs> read the hmm. the fiction that it is relevant in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it it was a really hurtful article. It was really mean. It made Hagrid sound like he was like a beast that was scared of people. Uh it said that all of his students hated him. She took quotes from Malfoy with no like he spoke for the entire class and she let him, which is kind of frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> I think that's not all that uncommon, though. That mm. doesn't make it right. But yeah. I, I think a lot of the time, journalists will try to find a real human to bring a real impact to the story, to show whatever the impact is. And that person, however inadvertent it may be, ends up speaking for an entire group. And mm. the way you fix that is you get many and various voices. She didn't do that. No. But, no. like, I think that happens more frequently than we like to admit. <laughs> Where one person's like, uh, we're all... I am the voice uh, of the people. Yeah. In this case, like, we know Malfoy yeah. wants to be the voice of the people, and he wants to skew it, and he is malicious in his comments. Let's see. What else did Rita screw up here? Um... She used a bad photo of Hagrid, which is annoying. Um, yeah, and I had a question about that. Yes. So it's it, it's described as like I I wrote shifty, but I don't. That's not the word that that she used. But like he looks like menacing or something. In yeah, it. which I wonder where they even found that picture. Oh, shifty was totally the word. I didn't remember that. It was an article topped with a picture of Hagrid looking extremely shifty. Oh. Okay. So that's that's the photo that we get. And we know we've seen magic photos. And we've seen that like they're kind of looped a little bit like like Yeah, GIFs, they're kind of gifs. But yeah. like not necessarily looped. It's like capture it seems to capture like the essence of that person. Yeah. To an extent. So how would they get one of Hagrid looking shifty? Is it possible to magically like Photoshop a person's character? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Is, I mean, is that sort of equivalent of like, you know, for some people, like we're going to touch up your your zits on your senior photos is similar to like we're going to touch up you sneezed when the camera flash happened and <laughs> uh-huh. we're gonna just like take that sneeze out entirely hmm. or like interesting yeah i mean i think they have the capabilities can, i mean i guess i don't know how granular the whole process is can but... you magic someone's mood in a photo <laughs> creepy that's some black mirror stuff right, right there. it was just yeah. I, like it struck me like how i mean and and like you can get a photo a bad photo of anyone. Like yeah. you catch them at an inopportune time yeah. and they will look 
not like themselves. And so it might not be that hard. And it might just be a strange moment that they caught that's manipulated. But imagine how you could gaslight somebody if like they were looking through their pictures and they were like happy in pictures that they don't remember being happy in and like, oh, you could really mess with somebody. Yeah. Ugh, I don't like that. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a photo of Haggard at the right time to make him look shifty or maybe there's some magical photoshopping happening yeah could be i don't know but it's not good i also don't know how they capture those images they've never really explained that so i mean the camera does it i guess we've seen the cameras yeah in fact it's being carried by bozo yeah bozo bozo um colin creevy Mm -hmm. mentions in the second book that he learned a spell i think of how to turn his muggle photos into magic photos. Whoa. That's crazy. I think it was in the second book. Okay. Wow. I do not remember that. So it's a spell. I don't know if that's something you need with a muggle camera to magic photos or if there is a magic camera that automatically does it. I'm assuming so, yeah. Like that would make sense. Yeah. Because that's far too much just like straight up science for these guys to rely on for how a camera works. Yeah, they probably did everything the magic way anyway, instead of the actual science chemicals way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Hmm. So let's see. What else? They found out about it from... Oh, wait. No. Hagrid apparently bred the blast-netted scroots himself, which is why he doesn't know anything about them. Yeah. So like that was actually really impressive to me as I was reading that. Like, holy crap. Hagrid made a crossbreed. Yeah. Like, that's not easy i don't think i don't think so i i think and it explains a lot about <laughs> how he has no idea what what they want what they like what they need how they can't survive look it up yeah there are no books out there to yeah. explain to him like I, even their name is just kind of made up sounding <laughs> and, and maybe the kids know that too mm. and and harry just hasn't bothered to tell us that or be interested in that in any way but like that like that to me is like that's an incredible learning opportunity. Yeah. Way more it like he could have sold it that way, I think, and it would have been way more interesting. Yeah. I think he tried like, to keep it awfully quiet though, because I think it is like not uh shifty, if yeah, you will. It's shifty. <laughs> yep. But like yeah, I, I I think about once once we learn that, like, yes, we meet this alternative care of magical creatures professor, mm-hmm. Professor Grubbly Plank, who <laughs> uh-huh. hyphenated last name, picks a lesson plan that only girls can interact with. She's got to be gay, <laughs> right? Yeah, and she even has, like, her hair is cut really short. Yeah. it's. I was just like, I really... Not to like make assumptions not about to, but like, characters. Maybe she's not gay, <laughs> but like doesn't seem to have an incredible fondness for the boys. Yeah. Perhaps she's she's ace and her parents were very progressive and hyphenated their last names and that's that. At the minimum, I'm guessing she's a feminist, <laughs> which oh. is fine. And that is yeah, completely great. I don't think we needed and to guess there at all. Yeah, no guessing required. But a unicorn. A unicorn. Oh. That's pretty neat. It's it it just seemed like okay, unicorns are an important lesson to learn mm-hmm. and it like that's that's great and it's probably in line with what they should be studying in that year, but why did she pick a a 
gender exclusive lesson for yeah. her very first lesson. That is weird. It, it was just like, ah. Did like, she ever invite the boys to come up and pet it, or was it just the girls that were allowed within? She said men spook oh. unicorns. It's not safe. Okay. I thought maybe it just needed to get like warmed up to them a bit more. Hmm. I mean, and, and I guess to be fair, what's, what's the flip side? Hippogriffs are, I mean, they aren't gender specific, but they're not exactly safe. Yeah. And if you tick them off, they will break your arm, Malfoy style. He deserved it. So. <laughs> No justice for Malfoy. Uh, Malfoy. But like, if you know that your class Mm -hmm. has that history, like you have a boy who's already broken an arm by misbehaving in that class, you're going to pick another (laughs) animal that shouldn't be near boys, particularly those who misbehave. That could gore you. Yeah. Mm. It's just a little, I mean, she might not have done all of her research and it might, it might be a situation of like, we had... A unicorn. Like someone caught a unicorn. We have one. We only have it for a certain amount of time. We're only allowed to hang on to them for so long. Yeah. How does that work? (laughs) How did did they get a unicorn? (laughs) I thought those were like rare and mythical even there. Yeah. Well, I think there were a few in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah. Like in the Forbidden Forest where nobody goes. Yeah. I mean, it's forbidden to students. I mean, they took Uh. first years in detention into the forbidden forest that's a really good point that's named very poorly <laughs> it's they're hoping the name scares kids off but in reality a lot of people seem to go there there were a lot of really big spiders though oh for sure like it's a good idea not to go in there yeah. but if you're a teacher and you know what you're doing yeah some big spiders though i don't or like she brought it with her i don't know like maybe it's her pet unicorn and, That'd be so. and she's like this is missy she hates all boys <laughs> yeah that actually maybe. that's my head cannon now yeah <laughs> definitely my head cannon that's too funny uh that's great so so also is Malfoy's job just to like hold up bad news articles? I swear he's done this like three times. Where a he's little like, bit. Look at what's written about you. Look what's written about this person. Hasn't he done this like multiple, multiple times? Is he the Wizarding World's version of a newsie? <laughs> <laughs> Has he been wearing a hat this whole time and we didn't know? Is he carrying the banner? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that I don't understand is mm-hmm. how he knew this before Hermione did. Why Hermione? Does she read the news every day? I I think we've been led to believe that. Okay. Hermione subscribes to the Daily Prophet. Oh yeah, she does. And I don't think she's let that that subscription lapse, especially now that her friend is regularly making the news. Yeah. Uh boy. How did she not get the news that day? I don't know. I get that. This is such an Alyssa question to ask. I, I get that. I don't why this is so inconsequential. It's so, it's it's not though. Like they show up to class and they're surprised and they shouldn't be. And they are told this by Malfoy and that shouldn't, like it just, yeah. like none of that needed to happen that way. They didn't need to be surprised. Yeah, They could have true. gotten the news at the table. And Hermione would be like, oh my gosh. And they look up and Hagrid's not at the table and we need to go check on him. Well, we have class now with yeah, him. Yeah. So like, we'll go there and he's not there. And then Malfoy taunts them. Like, you don't need him to deliver the news. 
Yeah, that does kind of... You can of, still uh, create all the same conflict, probably in the same amount of time, and in a way that is more true to the characters. Well, you have taken away my one argument of it needed to happen for the book to... I know, I was prepared <laughs> for it. I don't think it needed to happen that way. No, I think you're right. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, it would have made a lot of sense for them to like go to breakfast and notice Hagrid was missing, and soon they discovered why. Yeah, that would have worked just as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And oh. then Malfoy's just busy taunting them. Which is, of course, Which he makes is. sense. Or like Harry tries to attack him or verbally accosts him for, I can't believe you said this garbage yeah, in the yeah. national paper. Yeah. And they get in a tussle and the unicorn <sighs> fights back. And, and <laughs> the unicorn like, fights back. Like, Stop the violence. And create more plot than just I'm a dialogue. peaceful unicorn. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. A lot of thoughts. Okay, I have them. So you you read a lot more like Harry Potter fan base stuff than I do. Does anyone call Malfoy Malfoyle? Because I want to. Because he's a foil. I've he's a foil for Harry Potter, and I want to call him Malfoyle. I've never seen it. Hmm. When you say that I read a lot of Harry Potter fan stuff, uh, I don't think <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious what you picture. Uh, I don't think I've huh. read a lot of Harry Potter fan stuff since. There were new Harry Potter books coming out. Like oh. in the in between of books, I was steeped in the stuff. Okay. Now that there's not more stuff coming out, it's fine to live in the corners of the internet okay. without me. <laughs> you're not you're not scouring forums for the latest theories on how the golden egg works or anything like that. I I will tell you though, um, there is a wizard rock band. Yeah, Harry and the Potters. That's one of them. I think I saw them play at a library once. Seriously? I've seen them so many times. They're so great. Um, there's another one, though, that's not Harry and the Potters. Mm-hmm. They're called Draco and the Malfoys. There we go. Nice. And I think they have a song called The Foil, and it's all about Draco Malfoy. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to double check. Yes. It, oh, no, no, no. That's It's Harry and the Potters. It's not Draco and the Malfoys. I prefer Draco and the Malfoys. Oh, I love Harry and the Potters, but Draco and the Malfoys kind of sounded better. They were slightly better singers. <laughs> well, I'm going to put in a clip of that song for the listeners. Enjoy the, the foil. foil. Your blood may be pure, but your heart is spoiled. You wouldn't be so tough without Crab and Goyle. Malfoy wouldn't be so cool if I wasn't around. I'm his enemy at school, he really wants to get me down. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad, cause you treat me so bad. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad, cause you treat me so bad. You think you're so cool, cause you're Slytherin Seeker. You're only that good, cause you're a dirty cheater. You hate Muggleborns like Hermione Granger. I wouldn't be surprised if you became a Death Eater. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad, cause you treat me so bad. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad, cause you treat me so bad. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad, cause you treat me so bad. Draco Malfoy, what's your problem? All your friends think you're rad.
by Harry and the Potters. It's so good. <laughs> hmm. I have another Harry and the Potters song that I intend to bring up in upcoming episodes. Oh, yeah? I can't wait to share uh, it with you. It's so good. See, I can't even really like listen to them because they're spoilers. I'm, I'm, I'm making notes of like, need to <laughs> expose you at these points because they're worth it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Okay, wow, we still have some more stuff to plow through in this chapter. Um, so after this this um, Care of Magical Creatures lesson that's really, like, Hermione is kind of pro-Professor Grubbly Plank at because this point. Because she learns so much. Because she learns things. <laughs> yeah. But she does a bit of an about face by the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that putting it gently? Yeah. Perhaps. If about face, you mean yells at the reporter <laughs> and picks a fight with her. <laughs> so uh, they go to Hogsmeade, the trio. And at the Three Broomsticks, they see that like Harry's kind of hoping he'll see Hagrid there because they haven't seen him anywhere. He's mm-hmm. not answering his door at, at his hut. Like he is hiding. And Harry's thinking, well, maybe he's like, maybe he'll be throwing back a few pints at the three broomsticks. Yeah. He's not. Who is? Ludo Bagman. Ludo Bagman. And a ton of goblins. A whole bunch of goblins. <laughs> and they do not look happy. No. Because they're apparently, according to Ludo Bagman, looking for Barty Crouch. Mm-hmm. Something was askew, and they need someone to talk to that has authority and also speaks goblin, <laughs> apparently. Were th- they're looking for Barty Crouch. Were they looking for Bertha Jorkins? No. No. No, Harry just asks about Bertha Jorkins after all the mm-hmm. weirdness about Barty Crouch. Yep. And then I, I love Ludo Bagman's, like, keep that on the DL. Uh-huh. Because, like... Rita Skeeter is everywhere, and she's going to connect some dots into some nefarious business. Maybe stop telling people, Bagman. Maybe stop telling people, <laughs> but also, like, okay, Barty Crouch has been sick since Christmas, and it's been a while, and he's missing, mm. and it's, it does seem sort of shifty. And like, It is shifty, yeah. Maybe you need someone like Rita to ask an actual question, Ludo. <laughs> well, I mean, journalists kind of, you know, they... S- support transparency <laughs> you you've, you've lost bertha jorkins now for more than like eight months yeah maybe she's yeah. gone for eight months just gone real gone yeah and now someone high up in the ministry of magic is is exhibiting some signs of not being around yeah Rita would probably get it wrong, but like she would definitely get it wrong. She's terrible. <laughs> she's she, terrible. She should not write anything about him. It, would, it could only be bad. But like, may, maybe if you if that thought has occurred to you that it could be nefarious, like maybe clap your eyes on Barty Crouch. Maybe just yeah. saying, just so you know where he's at. Maybe who knows? Because uh, Percy would totally fall on that sword and be like, no, 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 no. He's totally fine. He's just sick at home. When really he's like poisoned and dying on his on his deathbed or something <laughs> slowly over like, the course of six he months. asked me to tell people that he was fine <laughs> like percy poor percy <laughs> the lawful goods out there or lawful neutral percy's probably a lawful good i guess i'm not good with alignments i mean think about his job testing mm-hmm. cauldrons i think that's 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 a good okay yeah like I wa- mean, wanting... is he doing it because he cares about safety or is he doing it because that's his job? I think he cares about safety. Okay. I think he cares, well, he cares about upholding the safety rules. Uh, sounds pretty neutral to me. Uh, maybe. Huh. 
It's a little gray. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Begman says something that I perceive as being pretty racist. He calls goblin speak gobbledygook. I don't think that's what goblin speak is called. It was capitalized, though. I think he's being real racist. I think I might need to find something to put over that word that I just said. (laughs) I hate it when you do that because there's so many things that are censored that that people don't hear. I hear you say them. (laughs) Well. And the listener doesn't know. Yeah, but I. What we're talking about. That's okay, but I. It's either that or I have to put an explicit tag on it. So. It's not. Yeah, it's explicit. It's a curse. Anyway. Okay, according to Harry Potter Wiki, uh, is the native language of the goblins. Gobbledygook is? Gobbledygook. Wow. It's been described as a harsh, rasping language, which makes it sound distinctly inhuman. It is able to be spoken by non goblins. Uh, Barty Crouch Sr. It's now Dirk rolling. This sounds racist. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore were known to speak the language. Dumbledore speaks goblin? Of course he does. You met him? Wow. It's one of 70, it, it is one of the 72 languages in which Miranda Goshock's Book of Spells was published in. There you go. Wow. An entire book published in it. Wow. So the goblins know magic. Of course they do. They run the bank, which is very magical. Uh, cool. Goblins, grumpy, not going to find Crouch. Uh, do you have something to say about that? You good? Where'd you go? Did you just raise your hand? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alyssa? <laughs> um, maybe, maybe this might not be worth saying. Okay. Gobbledygook or gibberish are synonymous of the word nonsense is what this yeah, etymology Yeah, that sounds says. real offensive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the goblins are grumpy. Begman offers to help Harry with the quiz thing because Begman is so sketchy. Yeah, Begman's like, I liked how you got that egg. (laughs) You're my favorite. I pick you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna help you out. And Harry's like, uh, yeah. Harry's like, no, I'm good. And then there's then there's this like weird sentence that follows that that's just like in Harry's head of like he doesn't know why getting help from Sirius or Ron or Hermione Hermione felt okay but getting help from Bagman didn't Yeah, and I'm just like dude because he's a judge because he has insider information maybe that's why that's legitimate cheating (laughs) he's not another person guessing alongside you No, he is someone that literally helps like set things up like (laughs) he knows how to win the thing Yeah, he knows any twists and turns like Harry's really not smart in this book and it's no. driving me crazy. Harry is so dumb in this book and it is really <sighs> coming to a head. It's it is really coming to a head in these chapters. Like maybe he does need Bagman's help, but my goodness. Yeah, it's seriously, it's bad. Uh, so there's that. Sketchy. Ron makes a joke about if Hermione's going to support the goblins too. Even though I think the goblins are fine. They're doing fine. Oh, yeah. And I think Hermione says as much. Yeah. She's like, um, they've held several rebellions against wizards. She's like, they can take us down, They're, essentially. <laughs> they know how to fight for their rights. Yeah. House elves don't. Yeah. They really don't. They're the terrible. End. House Which elves is true. Re- refuse to believe they have rights. <laughs> so. Yeah. Rights literally make them like so nervous. They start bashing their heads into things and stuff. It's really not good. And then Rita shows her face. Dun, 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 dun. 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 
and Hermione, wait, Harry, like, is like, you here to ruin more lives, lady? Oh my gosh, she's she like, calls you her say? out. It's yeah, so like, it's awesome. My gosh, Harry, why do you want Rita's evil eye of Sauron even anywhere near you? <laughs> like, just no. And I know, like, like fearing the press is also not a good thing. She's but not like the, she's not a journalist. Like, can we like she's a journalist? Okay, do you call the people who write for rags like? Uh, National Enquirer and stuff like that. Are they journalists? But the Daily Prophet isn't the National Enquirer. But she's she's the, terrible. I agree with you. She is terrible. If she doesn't like, follow the code of a this journalist. This is like the person who lands on A1 of the New York Times daily. Yeah, New York Times is a bad example. There's some really terrible people in there. Uh, but, on, on A1. Like, yeah, not okay. buried. Like, this is, this is, they put her stuff above the fold. I don't that bothers me so much it's, because she doesn't follow the codes of journalism. It's bothersome. It's she follows codes of journalism, not American journalism. But not even the core code of tell the truth. This <laughs> that's but, a pretty important part of journalism. Here's the thing though, if you read newspapers in the UK, they're slanted. They're intentionally slanted. Hmm. You buy the paper that aligns with your beliefs. But there's still truth and fiction like everything is biased in every newspaper but like yeah i mean it doesn't need to be untrue like saying that somebody is bit by a worm that doesn't have teeth that's bad journalism it's i guess it is journalism but it's bad journal it's not truthful yeah she's reporting that something happened that did not happen could not happen i can't defend her character and i really can't (sighs) defend her reporting i have a lot of i struggle a lot with the way the uk does journalism where you Mm. can pick up a paper and you pick up you choose a paper based on does this one align with my beliefs because that just encourages the echo chamber but yeah i i think Yeah, I I I think that there there's probably a little more truth to her reporting than we want to believe. Just no fact checking. <laughs> there's very very little fact checking. Yeah, but I don't know. I think she's terrible. Like we don't know if the flobberworm thing happened. Like maybe it did, and it's just been exacerbated. We don't maybe, know. Maybe, but I don't know. She didn't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like. You're making me advocate for her without even really meaning to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's about it from this chapter. Dumbledore is at Hagrid's cabin, so we're going to see what happens there next chapter. No, that's in this chapter. That's in this chapter? That's in this chapter. Oh, okay. So, no, we wow, need, a lot happened in we this need chapter. To, yeah, I know. And we Jeez. need to talk about that because, oh my gosh, it's so great. So, like, Hermione mm. comes and, like, bangs on Hagrid's door. <laughs> and starts yelling <laughs> through the door. She's like, let me in. You're awesome. Like, stop hiding from us. This is ridiculous. We and she's don't like, care that you're a half giant. Pounding and throwing yeah. a fit. And then Dumbledore opens the door and it's just like, whoop, instantly contrite. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, yep. And, and they're invited in and like, they all try to censor themselves around Dumbledore. Which is so funny. So yeah. Great. Yeah. Because he's just like, pretend I'm not here. Which He is, said I've gone temporarily deaf or something like that. I'm it, sure that's one of your quotes. It but, is. And yeah. it's it's so sweet because like I love the fact that Dumbledore can recognize like these guys are friends. Yep. And yeah. like I'm now the outsider. Yes, I was here first. Yes, I'm Hagrid's boss. Yes, I love him and I've known him for longer. But but like now my presence like 
I'm still kind of welcome, but like, I don't want to change the dynamic that these four exactly, have. exactly, yeah. You don't want to get all up in the middle of it, and uh, yeah, yeah, and like my changing their tone isn't going to work because everything I've been trying to do to get Hagrid to go back back to work hasn't been working. So I need you guys to be <laughs> you guys to yep. Hagrid. Take out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's so sweet, and there's this really lovely like they finally. They're all sitting there going like, we love you. You're great. We want you back. We do not care about you being a half giant. And Dumbledore's like, they're just saying everything they've been telling you, Hagrid. See what I mean? And he's gotten letters from parents. So many letters from parents who are like, I remember when Hagrid was there and he was so great. And I'm just like, oh, break my heart open. Thank goodness people like Hagrid. And Hagrid just cries and cries and cries. And then he gives... (sighs) The most like heart rending buck up speech of like who needs her and like big boned whatever. And like (laughs) he's like, I'll show her big boned, and I'm like, freezing, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Freezing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I totally Mm. didn't even read it that way. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) that's embarrassing. Um, all of that, and by the end of it, he's like, like, Dumbledore tells him, like, I will like I will see you Monday morning at breakfast. Yep. Eight thirty. No excuses. You will be there. Yep. And Harry Harrywood's like on board. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <sighs> and it's just like so lovely that they can bring him back and lift him back up. And like I'm really interested to see what that care magical creatures lesson looks like when he comes back. But Yeah, we'll see. Especially if people are like, Yeah, these things are hybrid monsters. I do not want to work with them anymore. <laughs> Or maybe they'll think it's cooler, but I mean, I hmm. I don't think I ever picked up on that, and so I doubt that. Like, I don't think that there's much emphasis put on that, which is yeah. unfortunate. But hmm. anyway, I I did promise yes that I would tell you the bad egg pun. Oh, and you glazed right over it. This is in the notes. I did skip over it. It's probably so good. on purpose. I have to tell you Kay. what this bad egg pun is. Harry made a Harry makes a bad egg pun. That's what the note says. So so Bagman offers he's like I've I've taken a liking to you. I'd just like to offer my help. And Harry says, "Well, thanks, but I think I'm nearly there with the egg. A couple more days should crack it." Oh no! Oh, it's so no. bad. <laughs> Why, Harry? <laughs> Why? Oh, the oh. lowest form of wit we've gotten there. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. We're finally through this chapter. That took a long time. There's uh, next <laughs> chapter is going to go real quick. So probably. 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 Most likely. Check your podcast listening device right now. and if we're, Are we at the halfway point at, at the halfway least, point? If please. so, worry. It, <laughs> hopefully we're towards the end. Okay, favorite quotes Clark. from chapter 24. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is on page 436, talking about that doll dang unicorn. I just like the way it was described because... It's purdy. It's purdy. Uh, it wasn't the most eloquent or anything like that. It just like actually caught my attention um, in a way that most descriptions don't. You're you're the one who's more likely to talk about like descriptions of things. True. That was I think that stuck out to me too. And then yeah. 
I held out for other quotes. I wanted a different flavor this chapter, I think. Yeah. It was a long chapter. Yeah. I think I just anticipated, like, there are many more pages. And there were better quotes. I think I will find other ones. But this one was on page 436. It says, The unicorn was so brightly white, it made the snow all around look gray. Uh, and it was just pawing the ground nervously with its golden hooves and throwing back its horned head. See, snow is really bright white. Yep. So for something to be so bright white that that looks gray like that, I'm like, wow. Okay, so this thing is glowing in a way that you would wonder, like, is this illuminated somehow? Like, how is this even possible? Like, whiter than white. Like, so I have really light sensitive eyes. Yeah. And I need, like, sunglasses in snow a lot of the time. And yeah. so it's like, it's brighter than that. Holy cow. And like. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Do they glow in the dark? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we've seen unicorns in the dark, and they were like silvery and bright. Oh, that's true. Ooh. What were your favorite quotes, Alyssa? Okay, I'm going to do this. Please don't bleep me because I found out that this is the actual name of the language, okay? This is on page 446. Okay. And this is Bagman talking about the goblins. And he, he says, this lot keep gabbling in gobbledygook and i only know one word of gobbledygook bloodvac it means pickaxe oh yeah i don't like to use it in case they think i'm threatening them <laughs> not because it makes no sense to say in conversation but because it's why is that the word he knows <laughs> the one word that people learn in any language is hello usually hello bathroom the first 10 numbers. Goodbye. Goodbye. I love you is usually pretty high up there. Please, thank you. Yeah. Why pickaxe? <laughs> that, is, that was a very funny quote. So random. <laughs> okay. The other favorite quote is on page 453, and mm -hmm. this is when mm -hmm. you were talking about Dumbledore patiently making himself scarce as the trio's bucking up Hagrid. He, uh, Harry calls Rita Skeeter a cow and then mm. apologizes to Dumbledore. And Dumbledore says, I've gone temporarily deaf and haven't any idea what you said, Harry, said Dumbledore, <laughs> twiddling his thumbs and staring at the ceiling. <laughs> just like, you could just picture him leaned back in his chair, uh, just kind of looking up and... I'm yeah. not needed at this moment. <laughs> Pretend I'm not here. <laughs> just going to eat his cookies. It was just so sweet. It was a good moment. Dumbledore's a good character in this book. Mm. I like him in this book. Yeah, I hate him in the next book, though. <laughs> well, it was last book that you said Dumbledore wasn't a character in this book, right? Oh, yeah, he he wasn't, for sure. So thankfully he is in this book. Onwards to chapter 25, The Egg and the Eye. Dun, 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 dun. What's that about? Harry finally takes Cedric's advice hmm. and takes the, to the, the egg to the prefect's bathroom. And there, Moaning Myrtle helps him figure out that people will take something that he must recover. I wonder how they take it. Harry almost gets caught by Filch and Snape before Moody comes to his rescue. <sighs> wow. Yeah. How do they take it? What do they take? What's the? What are all the things? You want to talk about it now or you want to wait? Something very important. His memories. Something. Not something important. Something he'll sorely miss. His memories. <laughs> Ooh, that's... <laughs> just saying if they did that <laughs> what help would it be the memories of his parents for, for him to have a riddle to solve before then uh the memories of of all of his best memories uh Ooh. yeah 
That's dark. You're going to a dark place. <laughs> what all, else could they take? Take all of the good memories and then you have to cast a Patronus. <laughs> like, oh, no. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, what else could they take that you would miss? Oh, do you want to read us the merpeople's, uh, or the, the riddle? Sure. Come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot sing above the ground. And while you're searching, you'll ponder this. We've taken what you'll so- you'll sorely miss. An hour long you'll have to look and to recover what we took. But past an hour, the prospect's black. Too late, it's gone, it won't come back. Oh, no. <sighs> if they take the owl, I'm stopping to read the... I'm not going to read this book anymore. If they take his owl. If they take Hedwig? Yeah. That's awful. That's it is awful. awful. Thought. It's Too an late. awful thought. Too late. It's gone. It won't come back. <sighs> to the waters. <laughs> Drowned bird. Drowned owl. That would be very sad. Can you pass me what the cat is trying to chew on right now? Thank you. Velcro. Anyway, yeah. Kitty is hopefully not, not happy. the owl. Uh, <laughs> I just took my cat's toy away and she was very upset about it. Uh, <laughs> so... Let's see. How will Harry survive in the lake for an hour? I don't know. Magic stuff. Magic <laughs> stuff. There's probably a bubble down there. Maybe the squid swallows him. Uh, maybe he'll get on the... Maybe there's a submarine that Kakarov has. Maybe... Uh, you think Karkaroff's going to give him a submarine? He'll just take it. It's Harry. He doesn't care. The rules <laughs> don't apply to Harry Potter. <laughs> He'll uh, Chuck Norris his way into it, mm-hmm. <laughs> into the submarine. Okay, but before all of that, before we even hear the riddle, we get Harry trying to get into the bathroom, and 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 he like goes to the bathroom, or sorry, he like finds his way into the the sh- bathing room. It's not a bathroom; it's a bathing room. Uh, it's like it's house? like a Russian bath. Yeah, it's like giant swimming pool, hot tub, like thing it's a it's like a it's like a a, a roman bath did yeah. i say russian i meant roman <laughs> i'm like russian bath huh Ro- like I'll... the roman baths yeah it's neat uh but he doesn't even think to take the egg into the water like under the water which to me is the most obvious thing of like why would cedric say to take it into the bath like put it under the water are you stupid i just He's, He's so not the best at critical thinking. I guess. And I don't think wizarding education encourages much critical Ugh. thinking. Like literally, if someone says take it into the water, put it into the water, and then like dunk your head under, what is wrong with you? This kid. <laughs> this kid, man. Uh it's a neat sounding bath. I don't know why the prefects need a fancy bath, but okay. Perks. Perks, it's I guess. Job perks. Uh do you like baths, Alyssa? Not really. Yeah, me either. So, good, good talk. Good talk. <laughs> this one sounds all right. It sounds closer to a hot tub, which is more up my alley. So that's good. Uh, Myrtle hangs out in the bathroom. Real creepy. I mean, she already hangs out in the other bathroom. So there's that. That's true. Oh, that's true. And floods it frequently. This Ooh. one, she could at least flood, and the water has somewhere to go. That's true. That's just oh. The thing that uh, so, that confused me was that if someone flushes a toilet and she's not ready for it, she ends up down in the lake. Yeah, so like, all the sewage goes into the lake. That's not the part, though. Like, why is the physical world affecting where she is? Oh, that's true. Also, how does she clog the toilets? She's like... She's a poltergeist. Something <laughs> between a poltergeist and a ghost. Yeah. Like, she's not full-on poltergeist. Poltergeist. Called it. 
Probably. Oh, by the way, I have a theory. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of out of left field, but I, I swear it's connected. Well, I don't swear it's connected, but we talk about Mad-Eye Moody here soon mm-hmm. and how he can see through the invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, and he saw the Marauders map and all that. Mm-hmm. He saw Harry's socks mm-hmm. that were made for him by Dobby. Mm-hmm. Can he... Does his magic eye detect magical items and Harry's socks have a protection spell on them? Ooh, interesting. Did Dobby put a spell on his socks, which is why Moody saw them? Because it was a special gift that Dobby made for him, and we know how much Dobby is obsessed with Harry Potter. Is something going to happen where it's like Harry's feet are going to get swept out from under him and magically he's okay? And he's like, what? And it's like, Saved Dobby's socks. socks. Yeah. I love that headcanon. I because want it. Why else, could Moody, why else did Moody say anything about his socks? Does he have x-ray vision and he can see through people's clothes? Or does he? can he just like detect magical items and see those? Which is why I noticed his socks in the first place. I guess that's never clear. I would feel a little better. If it's the detecting magical items thing. Yeah. Because if it's x-ray vision, as we talked about in the last chapter, Real that's really problematic. Yeah. You don't want that among children. No. <laughs> I'm guessing anyone, really. Dobby put a little bit of magic in there. That's Somehow, really sweet. Maybe not even on purpose. I don't know what Dobby's or, connection with. I don't know how Even if they're with. made with magic. Yeah. Like he doesn't know how to knit, but he can magically knit. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, it's my headcanon that he put like little, little, little protection, little protection spell. spells, and Aww. just like really kind words, kind magic words into the socks that he was my making. My heart's them. breaking all over again for Dobby. I love him so much. Yeah. Anyway, that's my headcanon about so Harry Potter socks. So, anyway. <laughs> so, so moaning, moaning Myrtles in the bathroom and helping Harry, kind of, and making him uncomfortable all the time. Um, and she has all these random tangents while Harry's doing his thing. Too. Yeah, yeah. And one of those made me ponder. So she was waiting by her body when she died. She tells the story to Harry while yeah, he's there. Yeah. I died, and then I was waiting there as a ghost for hours, for hours until they found me. And Olive Hornby came and found me, and she was complaining about the fact that she even had to look. But I'd gone missing and like how selfish and obnoxious that Myrtle's gone missing. Yeah. So like, ugh, moping Myrtle. Yeah. And so Myrtle, she calls it haunts or she calls it stocks. I I think that might be her like way of rejecting the ghost reality of you haunted Olive Hornby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you did. Just because you don't use the nomenclature doesn't mean it wasn't a haunt. Like you stalked her, but you haunted her. Yeah. Until she got a job at the ministry, mm-hmm. and then she had to come back to Hogwarts. Are there like, like, full on like exorcist like charms <laughs> at the ministry that prevent ghosts? Maybe. If anything, there's definitely a liability of like they don't want ghosts flying around everywhere, hearing stuff. But like, how can they control that? Yeah, they probably do have some sort of spell that at least detects them. I don't know if it like kills them, but it definitely would like say that they violated the perimeter and then people could come and get them. Like I don't know. It was just like such an interesting and like why there? Is it just is it is it just because they're a nuisance or is it yeah. also like 
do people die on the job and there's a higher likelihood of people haunting the ministry <laughs> or like or do they try to use ghosts as spies a lot of the time or have like yeah. previous ministers died while in office and so hmm. they do and they're like I don't want every minister of magic ever advising me on what to do as the current oh, minister of yeah, magic. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, I overthrew you in 1492. And, like... It's probably all of those reasons and more. Yeah. It's just really interesting. And, yeah. And to know that Hogwarts is such a ghost-filled place, to think that there are other really magical places... Where no ghosts are allowed. Yeah. That she couldn't, she couldn't go. Yeah. It's just baffling to me or it's either that or maybe because she's a ghost like are ghosts somewhat tied to the place where they died i mean didn't we see a perimeter around the goblet of fire that you couldn't even cross unless you were a certain age yes that seems really intentional though like and and is that what it is gate up you can definitely put a ghost gate up for sure and like, is that what it is? And like, is it around Hogwarts or is it around other places? And so she can go anywhere she wants or mm. is she tied to the place where she died within reason? I don't know. I, I don't haven't know. thought about it. You don't hear of ghosts going on vacation, but a lot of ghosts did show up for headless. Nearly Nicks, headless Nicks. Nearly headless Nicks. There were like a whole bunch of ghosts there. Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. Sure. <laughs> he hates that nickname. <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> So Myrtle helps Harry. Um, he figures because out because I guess Harry just needed her there. Just it, the he couldn't just figure it out by himself. He's too dumb in this book, so they had to throw Myrtle in there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, why is she there? I don't know. Does she say anything that he needs? I also don't like that there's a painting in that room because the paintings observe things and there are naked students in there all the time. That's my story. Yeah. No, that's uncomfortable too. Yeah. She is a, a mermaid. And so maybe she can't travel to the next nearest paintings. Maybe. <laughs> if they're maybe all land, maybe human... she's trapped in that painting. Oh, poor thing. And maybe she doesn't care about nudity because she's not even a human. So she's like, Oh, look at all those things that we don't even have as a species. Okay. Like it doesn't, it's not weird because it's like looking at a bunch of dogs or something. Anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Why is Money Myrtle there? I don't know. Harry's real dumb. He needed to help. Uh, I thought that he only had an hour from when he read the riddle to solve it. But I guess the timer starts when he discovers that something's missing. Or maybe, well, or or maybe or the timer starts on, fe- on February 24th, which is when the next task is. That could be, or I guess. Or maybe the timer started and he, he had like an hour to prevent that from being taken. I don't know. But he didn't figure it out, so tough nuggies. If the challenge actually is this whole mermaid thing. How then... do you even gauge that, though? Like, how does it know when you figured it out? Like, Because what if you're like sleeping and you literally figure it out in your dream? Uh, and you have an hour from then? Like, Yeah, I don't know. This, it's just, it's a... I, I think that's that's overly complicated, but... It is, but whatever. Maybe they just there's some weird caveats. I don't know. They didn't take the time to explain it. It's a riddle. <laughs> uh, but if that is the task, then Victor Crumb's going to be a beast at it because we already saw him swimming in the lake in the middle of January. Truth. So we know he's tough. I wondered if you'd noticed that. I did. I did. I made that connection. He's somewhat scrawny but tough. <laughs> yep. Funny. So... 
That's interesting. If he can swim, that's definitely a, a point to him. Do you think... Okay. So we, we've been through this chapter. You've heard the riddle. Mm-hmm. You've pieced together now that Crumb can swim. Yeah. Do you think at the point that we saw Crumb swimming, he had al- he had already figured out what his egg said? Oh, that could be. And he was like swimming in the lake to look around. Yeah, that could be. That could very well be. He, or, may, he may have already retrieved his thing. Maybe. Like, it's possible that that was him doing his mission right there. So, yeah, that's very possible. I noticed that and I was like, oh. Hmm. Do you know already? <laughs> Probably. Harry, Harry doesn't, but Harry's been putting but, it off. But Cedric knew. Big like, time. Cedric knew like two months ago. Yeah, Ced- Cedric knew very quickly. So I'm assuming so Victor knew. that yeah. Crumb knows. I'm definitely assuming Victor knew. So, yeah, that could have been Victor just getting his thing. Good for him. I hope he got it. And it's not gone forever. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Okay, on to the staircase. Sorry, I hate to I hate to push us through. No, but no, no, this no. This is gonna be a long thing. You're fine. Uh, so so Harry's wrapping up to go back to the to the Gryffindor common room and then he pulls out the Marauders map mm-hmm. and he's like, wait a second. Bartamius Crouch yeah. is in Snape's office. office. Yeah. And he's and and Bless Harry, who has had zero curiosity in this entire book, finally gets curious. Mm-hmm. And, and he like cannot help himself. He knows it's a bad idea. He's like, I'm, I mean, I really, I should probably go home, but like, what is he doing there? And he, and I even mean, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you're in a towel carrying a, or maybe he got back in his clothes, but like, I think he got dressed. You're carrying a big golden egg. Like, this is not a time to be running around. Here's my question: Why didn't mm. he put the egg in a bag? Like it's, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be like awkward to carry and kind of like slippery uh-huh. and just like, if you're going to be stealthy, like lock it all down. That's a very good question. He's not smart in this book. No, <laughs> anyway. he's just, he's just holding it in his arms, even like, though he knows he's going to a bath with a lot just of soap. It's like a metal football. Yep. It's a, it's some weird guy thing. He's, it feels like a quaffle or something. I don't know. Gross. Anyway, so. He he makes a choice and he goes to try to figure out. I gotta see what Barty Crouch is doing. Mm-hmm. And while he's watching the map, he misses the same step that Neville always misses. Mm-hmm. Which way to get a subtle dig at Neville in there? <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> like a real idiot. <laughs> like Harry a real. A step. He really long bottomed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and not in the got hot when he got older type way. No. <laughs> so he gets stuck. And he drops the egg, and he drops the map, and everything goes flying out of the the mm-hmm, invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. And my one thought I had was like, oh my goodness, you spent how long, just like three chapters ago, practicing summoning charms? <laughs> Why did you not summon these things to you? That's a very good question. Especially the spell was just like Accio paper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Accio map. Accio egg, boom, boom, we're good, hiding. <laughs> That's a very good question. Harry's it's, real stupid. He studied it so much to the point that it would be second nature to him. Oh, he didn't have his wand with him. No, he did. He pulls out his wand and reaches out oh, to try yeah. to like wipe the map. And it's like that's true. Okay, yeah. And like, I I guess I get that. Like, he's that's a little more instinctual to him at this point. He's had the map for almost two years now, mm-hmm. and. 
Even oh, though it doesn't use it at all in this book. Maybe only a year. But like that that very instinctual, like the map has people on it, wipe the map. Yeah. Like Mayday. Yeah. He's been caught enough times holding the map. He needs to wipe the map. And I get that. Enough that Snape recognized it. But like, uh, you know, objective one should be you have a screaming egg many feet from you. Like that fell down a staircase. Like, yeah, the fact that a map fell is not that big of a concern because no one's going to notice it. But the egg if that the, only four if, people if you have. Shut the egg down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It just mm, one after the other. It just should have. That's a very good point. And I know, like, I'm not in the middle of the moment, and like when in in catastrophic moments, we we behave strangely. But but you're right. Uh, I'm disappointed in Harry. That's a good question. And then we see. All everybody gather. Snape was on it. Okay, yes. So Peeves comes in, or or uh, Filch comes in, yelling Peeves. He thinks he's got Peeves. He's like, I'm gonna exercise that pol- poltergeist real fast because and- he stole this egg. It is go time. Peeves, you're going down. So if it was just Filch, Harry would have been fine. Yeah, because Filch is he- not that bright. <laughs> yeah, he. But Harry would have completely gotten away with it. He could just like get out, go back to his room, and then the next morning be like, Hey. Has anyone seen my egg and it my got map? Stolen from it me. got stolen from me. Though he wouldn't get the map back because that map was in Filch's office and he would probably recognize it. Well, Filch, If he even went up the stairs to see yeah, it. Yeah, Filch didn't see the map at all. So just the egg. So Harry could have gotten away with it easy. But Snape had to come around and Snape is smart. <laughs> and he put it together real, well, not real quick, but he put it together. Snape thought, Snape knew someone was in his office. Mm-hmm. So he was coming around looking to see what happened there. So he is already suspicious. He's like, someone yeah. was in my office. Oh my gosh, champion egg. <laughs> Wait a second. The, okay, so champion egg. Yeah. Someone was in my office. Is that, and I think that's the point at which he's like, Wait a second, Potter. Yep. <laughs> like, I think he thinks Thotter, Potter was definitely in and his office. And then he goes up and, and like almost sees the map. Mm-hmm. And then Moody swoops in. Yep. And Moody is just like walks by it's such a funny moment i don't know if it was your favorite quote or not but uh i don't think so he just like kind of like walks over and just like stands and looks and he sees this strange situation of like uh filch and snape and then harry's between them with his leg partway through a step under an invisibility blanket he's just like (laughs) he's just freaking out and I think I I have to read the phrasing. It was so funny. Oh, I think this was my favorite quote, actually. Oh, was what it? What you're talking about. Oh, sorry. I'm still going to read it. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, never mind. Well, I'll let you give the exact quote. But the the whole thing is Moody walks by and it is so funny what he stumbles upon. And he just like takes a second to kind of gauge the situation. And he's just like, what you guys doing? Like, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> and then they all start talking about that. Da, 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 da. Moody's like, Shuh, and shuts them all down. And it's literally four pages of dialogue uh, because somebody was in Snape's office and Snape knew that potion ingredients were missing from the Polyjuice episode. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's like Snape is really, really, really on the right track here. Uh but Moody is just great. Moody's awesome. Looking out for Harry. He just assumes if Harry's here, 
it's probably for a decent reason. Like, I don't know why he assumes the best of Harry in that moment instead of taking the side of Snape or Filch. But I think, honestly, he just likes Harry more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I think he likes Harry. I think he somewhat trusts Harry. Yeah. Because he there's there's an interesting interaction between him and Snape. Oh, yeah. Where Snape is a Death Eater and has the dark mark on his arm, but he totally had it covered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I caught on that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you would. Yeah. He had he, the dark mark for sure. And he, give, and he gives him a shifty a shifty quote of um spots that never come off mm-hmm. and then suddenly like like Snape like, just like cringes. So now we understand why Snape doesn't like Moody even more because Moody's job was to hunt down people like him. Yeah, uh where he says at one point at the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. if there's one thing I hate, it's a death eater who walked free. Yep. I thought he was saying that Crouch hated that. He's like, if there's one thing Crouch hates, it's no, a death he, eater. He said, through. if there's one thing I hate. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think. I but think, Crouch is the same way. Yeah, I think that's that's in the same monologue where he's 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 likening himself to Crouch. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but that was a lot happened real quick, and Harry's like, wait a second, is Snape an ex Death Eater? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There's a lot there, uh, and Moody just like shuts everybody down he he like well, bosses filch around which is kind of sad and but. snape does this like blind man like i know potter's here i know like i've seen that parchment that's his egg he's been in my office yep. before and he has an invisibility cloak i know all of these things and he like like a crazy person is like yeah. i'm grappling around just He's like a crazy person, except he was 100% He's correct. 100% and on. And it totally would have like, worked. <laughs> if yeah. I were Filch, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh my gosh. Like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, Snape is losing it. And, and really, Snape has Moody, a grudge. Yeah. And like, granted, you're Filch, and you have similar grudges and are similarly crazy. Yeah. So, like, he was literally the same way 10 minutes earlier about peeves. So. Hmm. That's true. But yeah, Snape must have looked like a crazy person. Especially, I mean, if Moody hadn't been able to see Harry Potter, he'd be like, what are you doing? Like, stop. But he could, so he's like, what are you, stop. <laughs> like, inches away. Ooh, ooh, this is, I feel like this is giving us an action chapter because there hadn't been an action chapter in a while. So they're like, we need something. We need tension. We need to keep the focus and the blood flowing. Let's go. Yeah, I guess it's been four Four chapters since the dragons. Mm-hmm. I think it was just one last little tidbit to get us through to the challenge. So, yeah. Well, we did get through that pretty quick. Um, oh, trying, and then also Moody. Yes? I'm trying to remember how Moody diffuses everything and gets Snape to go away. Because it's really sudden. And I don't really believe that Snape would just be like, you know what, you're right. I give up. But, I mean, as soon as he starts saying, like, he starts calling Snape suspicious. And he says, Got what Potter's you... best interests at heart, have you? Yeah, exactly. He's like, what do you have against Potter? Why would you have something against Potter? Wait a second. Weren't you one of, like... The vol- last thing he says to him is, Got, Potter- Got Potter's best interests at heart, have you? That's hmm. it. And then suddenly there's a pause and it's awkward. And Snape says, I think I'll go back to bed. Yep. So 
among all of these, the the things that happen here, we learn that like Moody can see through the invisibility cloak, Mm -hmm. which we knew, I think. Finally, goes up to Harry and like helps him out of the step that he's like sunk in, almost like hip deep at this point. Mm -hmm. It's like slow quicksand or something, and. Harry realizes, like, oh my gosh, he has the map. He has the map, uh, and he's just <laughs> yeah. Like, Snape is like reaching for the map, and and well, even and, Moody is like, hey, you dropped something there. Yeah. Well, well, Moody picks it up, and he kind of brushes it off with Snape, of like, oh no, no, my mistake. This is mine. I must have dropped it. The end. Mm-hmm. Which Snape doesn't push back on nearly as much. I thought he'd push back more on that, if anything. But. Yeah. And so at the end, Harry's like just praying like don't ask me where i got the map because mm-hmm. i don't want to get lupin in trouble mm-hmm. i don't want to like sirius is involved in that the twins are involved like there are so many people yeah who know about this thing who will get in trouble and i just don't want that and then moody asks the question that harry did not expect which was can i have this yeah can i borrow this <laughs> can i borrow this yeah and harry Says yes. Yeah. Did you believe that? Yeah. I think he's again like, wow, this could have been so bad. And everything that you think is going to be bad that's going to happen is just like not as bad. So yeah, I think at that point he's like, sure. I think that would freak me out if I were Harry. I would be less relieved than he is. But I think... now Moody knows all of his movements... But Moody and could have either asked or told. That's true. So I, the fact that he asked and has implications that he's going to give it back and keep it a secret, that's like the best possible outcome. Because he could just as easily say like, oh, Dumbledore and Snape will be very interested in this and just keep it forever. But like the fact that he's like, I'm just going to hold on to this for a little bit. Or he's like, okay, yep, do that. <laughs> like it's that true. is great. It, it is a better outcome than it could have been. Yeah. But I think... I would still be a little shaken of like, yeah. I want that map. I think I want it in my possession, especially because he's about to like fulfill this task and everything. It's it'd be really nice. Lots of things that would be really helpful in that. Yeah, but uh, this very much felt like for a moment. Let let's let's take a thing away that Harry needs to not have. Yep, yep. (laughs) I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, well. If you have this, we're going to create some, like... There's going to be something that you could have solved pretty too easily. Too many things are going to be easy. Yeah. You can't have this right now. It's like when they take the cloak away. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I wonder what else Harry's going to get, uh, just in terms of, like, sneaking around stuff. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's his own time turner. Maybe. Maybe it's a sneak-a-scope. But... He's already, he already has a sneak-a-scope. Maybe he starts taking it with him. Hmm. So, yeah, and then Mad-Eye and Harry have a nice conversation, and Mad-Eye suggests that he should be an auror. Yeah. Auror. One of those. Yeah, which is kind of weird because it's like, don't those work directly against Death Eaters? Like, what what do aurors do? Remind me. That They're dark wizard fighters. Like, yeah. I mean, it's... I, I think... Min- minimizing it to just fighting Death Eaters is is a little oh, okay. spot specific. But they're like wizard marines. They're like highly trained, highly specialized, really yeah. good, kind of secret almost. 
Yeah. No, I wouldn't even say secret. I think oh. I would put it more on par with just like general law enforcement. Oh, and like okay. you, you have police, but then you also like can work your way up in, in ranks and hmm. be in different divisions, I think. Cool. And be really high up, which would be where Moody was. But hmm. I sort of put it more in a vein of like police officer. Hmm. Okay. But maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's a little more Navy SEAL like. I don't know, but it's cool. And Harry, uh, when he when he gets real smart, maybe uh, he could do that. <laughs> if that ever happens. <laughs> right now, not so much. It's doubtful. Oh, um, yeah. I, I wanted to say how powerful and like how incredible an artifact that this map must be for Moody to be like, wow, this is something. Like, he was very impressed by it. Well, what, what was it? Who else was looking at it? Wasn't there someone else who was impressed by it? Uh, Dumbledore? door no it was uh severus nope 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 uh wasn't it serious well Sirius helped make it oh yeah that's so true he wouldn't be impressed by it maybe maybe it was dumbledore i don't know but somebody saw it and they were really impressed i by feel it. like someone did see it and was impressed by it but that i don't was remember last book, who yeah i don't know listeners at wordstruck pod so i don't know but it's a really impressive map and uh, the fact was it that Lupin? Madame... Are we talking about Lupin? Lupin, it was Lupin. I think Lupin, when he took the map, he was like, "This is interesting." It was definitely Lupin. And all the t- all the time, he actually knew what the thing was. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's do favorite quotes. Clark, what's your favorite quote? <laughs> Mine's on page four, seven, eight. Let me look it up. Oh yeah, it's the last sentence of the chapter, which I feel like I did at the end of the Yule Ball as well. Uh, she has, she's having some strong wrap-up sentences mm-hmm. lately in this book. Some pretty bows. Mm-hmm. But let's see. So this is after Moody was talking to Harry about being an Auror. Uh, and Moody thought that he, Harry, ought to be an Auror. Interesting idea. But somehow Harry thought, as he got quietly onto his four-poster ten minutes later, the egg in the clo- cloak now safely back in his trunk, he thought he'd like to check how scarred the rest of them were before he chose it as a career. That's a pretty good. It's uh, a pretty good quote. Wise thought for Harry. Yeah, like he's pretty attracted to just like the thrills. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a surprisingly cautious reaction for him. But yeah, you look at Moody and you're like, hmm, is that the path I want to go down? <laughs> Do I want to be you? <laughs> kind of. He's awesome. Kind of, but. Yeah. Mm, I got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to be all the way you? Yeah. Can I be awesome without <laughs> losing a foot? Can I be closer to like Bagman or something? But Even Bagman's not an or. He's not, but I mean, but I mean like that type of career choice. So, yeah. Anyway, what was your favorite quote? So, mine was heavily referenced by Clark earlier. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so it's it's when Moody arrives on the scene and there's there's this little clunk 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 as he slowly approaches with his club foot, and he kind of surveys the scene and sees Filch and Snape bickering over <laughs> over the egg and what mm-hmm. to do, and they they're there in their like dressing gowns and he says, "Pajama party, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> And it just, I, I got, I got real Yoda vibes from the way it was. <laughs> it was just like, mm. yeah, hmm, pajama party, is it? <laughs> He's just trolling. And then I just like that he sees Harry and just goes like slack jaw. It's so funny. He's <laughs> just like, huh. That's good. Well, good. Uh, boy, 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 boy. We're about to see some stuff really come to a head. 
Uh, we still need to see if Rita is Voldemort, if Rita is the bad guy, how much is the bad guy. Is Bagman the bad guy? Who's who's is, the bad guy? Is Crouch the bad guy? Is Crouch the bad guy? Crouch seems like he's... Why the heck was Crouch in Snape's office? I don't know. Why did he think he could get away with it? That, it baffles me. I don't know. He's trying to find something because we know that everybody's on high alert. So. I mean, Harry makes a really good point of like law-abiding, very strict, cut-and-dry Crouch. Yep, he's the hiding heck. something. Nobody, I... Nobody's that You don't that set up a character to be that put together without the intention of unwinding them later. That's like, true. maybe... Nobody's that good. Nobody's that good. And maybe it wouldn't even necessarily have to be in this book or anything, but, like, at a certain point, that's too good of a character not to, like, expose some interesting underbelly to. It's got so. a skeleton somewhere. Yep. So we're going to find out. Hopefully it's a good thing. Uh, well, hopefully he's still on the the good side, I guess. I think he will be, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Definitely tune in next week. But before you do that, like, send us a tweet. Come on, what are you doing? Tweet us at WordstruckPod or other places. Where else? <laughs> you can write us an email at WordstruckPod. I forget. Holy crap, I haven't done this in a while. I thought it was Wordstruck Podcast. I think you're right. At gmail.com. It's at Wordstruck Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Instagram at Wordstruck Pod. You can also find us on Facebook and you can find me at Alyssa Small. And me at Clark Hodges. On the Twitter. Yay. So Thanks, everybody. Yeah, please talk to us, send us stuff. Uh, let me know your headcanons about Dobby's socks, Dobby's wonderful socks. And uh, have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye. Yay.